Welcome to the True Spirituality with Ange podcast. I'm here to bring you a version of spirituality that will uplift you, inspire you, and make you feel good. Your belief system does not matter. Everyone is welcome. And along the way, I hope I will help you to build your own spiritual blueprint that will make you feel 100% good about yourself. This is what I have done for myself, thanks to my intuition. So come along for the ride and let's light up the world. You don't need to be religious or even to believe in God. This is an inclusive and diversive space. Let's do this. Today, we are going to talk about how to have the best Christmas ever. And before we start, I want to say this doesn't mean that you have to have the perfect life. Um, you know, things happen. Uh, crisis happen. I've had plenty of my lot this month, but I'm sure and I know that I'm going to have the best Christmas ever. So I want to share with you what you can do to have the best Christmas ever, no matter what the circumstances. And it's not about toxic positivity. It's not about sugarcoating reality. It's about changing the way you look at things. It's about setting some boundaries. It's about looking at how you can do things differently. So we're going to look at all these things in this episode. Christmas is depicted on TV, in the ads, at this wonderful event. Um, and when I say Christmas, I also want to talk about any other celebration that you might have, because I want to be inclusive here. We're not all Christians. I don't even consider myself Christian, but Christmas is in our face. Let's put it this way, at least where I live in the UK. Um, only a couple of days ago, I was walking in the street um, in my local town and there were people singing carols. And on some level, I was thinking, this is quite intrusive. Um, what if I wasn't Christian or what if I hated Christmas? What if uh, uh, Christmas was actually a very difficult period of time for me because I'd lost a loved one or gone through a divorce or all sorts of things? So it can be very confronting. And I was actually watching again. Bridget Jones, because I, you know, I found out about the book when it came out in the 90s and I really enjoyed it. And it's all about this um, this girl who's struggling because she's single over Christmas and there's some, you know, uh, rude relatives who are asking her, when is she going to get married? She's in her 30s. There's a lot of pressure for her to be settled. Her friends are getting married, all sorts of things. And that could be you or you could be like me more towards your, you know, leaning on to 60, being single again and facing having to sell your house, having just gone through a divorce um, or it might just be that someone in your family or someone that you love just died. And that can happen at any age. And in that case, when you see people happy, um, you feel even more alone. You feel even more isolated. Um, and to top that up, even if you didn't experience any of that, there's all the frenzy around presence and family that can put some financial pressure on you. Um, I know for me, when I was with my ex, Christmas was always stressful because he wanted things to be perfect. He spent an, an, a crazy amount of money on, on gifts for the children, which we could not afford. So we got into debt every single Christmas over his extravagance. 
And also on the day, you know, nobody was allowed to have any negative feelings. And if we did, we were um, shut down. Uh, we were shamed uh, as if, you know, you couldn't have a negative feeling on Christmas. And that's that's not healthy. And maybe that's happened to you with someone who wanted things to be so perfect. But life happens. Life is not perfect. And we should be able to be happy no matter what. When I say happy, I'm sorry, I don't mean that exactly as it is, but we should be able to go with the flow of whatever is happening without feeling aggravated because things don't go our way. And if you are not um, celebrating Christmas, I'd love to hear from you. I'd also like to know if you're from a different faith, if there's the same amount of stress around Diwali or Hanukkah or Yule, um, I know for me, coming to the UK in 2001, I was faced with a culture where the pressure to buy lots of presents and to uh, go over at the top was much higher than in my native France, where it was a much more low-key event. It was actually more religious in a way. And we uh, celebrate equally the three kings in January. So uh, it was a very different experience. And I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to share, you can find me on social media, specifically on LinkedIn. I'm Ange de Lumière. And on Facebook, I have a page called True Spirituality with Ange, but I'm also Ange de Lumière on Facebook. Um, feel free to uh, ask to connect with me as a Facebook friend. Do explain, though, that you've been listening to my podcast because I think I mentioned it before in another episode. I get a lot of spamming and um, I don't usually respond to people unless they send me a specific message where I understand there's a connection, right? For me, Facebook is about connection. So um, I don't just connect to people just because they ask me to. Uh, so... I think the problem with Christmas is that there can be an immense amount of pressure. And that pressure comes on top of a, a level of dysfunction that we all experience in uh, in families, okay? Now, of course, you can have a high level of dysfunction in your, in your family circle, or you can have a relatively low one, but it usually brings back a lot of issues that maybe you've been ignoring or you had a chance to ignore whilst you were leading your life and not confronted by relatives or whatever it was happening in your family uh, circle. I know in my family, things are made uh, or were made, and I still made a lot worse because I have four autistic kids. For them, it's the worst time of the year because um, there's lots of meltdowns, there's lots of sensory overload. Um, and um, for one of my child, uh, one of my children, sorry, uh, he uh, experiences what's called PDA, which is pathological demand avoidance, which means um, sometimes they won't even come out of their room. Um, so if you're trying to have a lovely Christmas where everybody's going to sit around the table, that might not never happen. And you have to be OK with that. So. Um, so with all these things, and, and maybe that's for you because you're financially challenged, and I find that very hard at the moment. We are a little bit financially challenged, so I'm glad that I don't have the pressure from my ex anymore. Uh, I can do Christmas my way, but there's also a little bit of guilt that I can't maybe treat my children as much as I want, and I prioritize the little ones that still live with me rather than the, the adult ones where I would really be able to, I would love to be able to buy them a present, but that's 
it's not on on the cards for this year. So there could be a level of grieving to the Christmas you would like to have that doesn't look like the one that you are actually going to have due to your circumstances. But I think it's important in this context to learn to do Christmas differently. Now, it's almost like I want you to look at the way you've done Christmas in the past or replace, feel free to replace Christmas by any celebration. And that could include birthdays, you know, um, if you're listening to this uh, and it's not leading up to Christmas uh, in your world. So we want to take away some of the social pressure. Uh, I mean, of course, one of the solutions to avoid the pressure of Christmas would be to fly away to a non-Christian dominated country for a holiday. And that's something I might consider at some point when my kids are grown up. But we can also try to do Christmas differently. And I'm going to give you a couple of tips that you can um, you can implement to do Christmas differently. Maybe it's things you've never thought about, because when it comes to tradition, sometimes we can't think outside the box. We think it's the way it's done. It's our culture. It's our head heritage. And so we hesitate or we, we don't even think that we can do things differently. And because I've just divorced on the 5th of December and it's been a massive thing for me, a positive thing. I'm reinventing my Christmas and I'll share some things that I've done that have made a difference. But I also want to mention a lady that I um, hold dear in my heart called Lauren Windsor. She's in Australia and she's a decluttering and organizing coach. Uh, I subscribe to her membership uh, at a time when my my life and my home was chaos and I needed someone encouraging me and seeing me and not shaming me really for where I was. And she has she has been that person that's been a wonderful companion and validating and actually showing me I was doing a lot more, a lot better than I thought I was. So her um she has a program called Simplicity, but she also has a very reasonable priced membership where you can get some of the tools that I'm going to mention in this episode uh, for only nine Australian dollars a month. So I think in in um, pounds, it's going to be about five pounds, if not less. Uh, and I think it's really worth it if you're going through a phase where you need to declutter your life, right? Because we think declutter is only a physical thing, but it's also sometimes a mental thing, an emotional thing, and it can really help us to go through these overwhelming times. Decluttering is really a great tool for that. So the first thing that you need to learn to do is to say no, okay? It's really hard to say no around Christmas because we want to see everyone, we want to please everyone. Um, and so we need to practice to say no. And if it's too too hard to say no, you could say, I will get back to you, right? Now, there's this page I follow on Facebook that's uh, quite funny. It's called Very British Problems. And um, <laughs> I don't know about you, but as a French person, to manage to get a no from a British person is very hard, uh, a straight no. Whereas I think you don't get that problem from French people or from American people. It's not a judgment here. People are comfortable doing different things. It's part of the culture, uh, which is why, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm not going to offend anyone, but I think that's one of the reasons why the British get along so well with 
um, the Chinese, for example, is because, or, or the Japanese, because they don't want to make people lose face. So they find ways to say, no, that's not going to be confronting. So I, I went to their page and they had a post a couple of weeks ago that I noticed that made me smile. They even have a T-shirt that they sell with these uh, expressions that you can use instead of saying no. So why not use humor to say no? And here are some of the ways. They're not all from uh, the Very British Problem page, but um, I think they are very good to say no when you don't want to say no and you don't want a confrontation. So uh, you can say maybe, you can say I'll think about it. You can say I'm good, thanks. You can say we'll see. You can say I could do, but that doesn't mean that you're going to do it. <laughs> I like that one because it's quite subtle. And I think that for some foreigners, they might completely miss it. Uh, you could say, let's talk about it later. Or you could say, I'll see how I feel. Right? Now, if you want to bring humor into it, and I do feel that um, British people are great at humor. I really appreciate the British sense of humor. You could buy the T-shirt and go around at Christmas with all the different ways you'd like to say no. I also want you to challenge the way you do things, okay? So look at everything that you do over the Christmas period, uh, almost like with the eyes of an alien. And I, we were watching the X-Files again with my son last night, and I thought, yeah, that's exactly what we need to do. We need to look at what do we do? Because we do bizarre things out of habit or out of, you know, because it's part of our culture. But if we start challenging everything, then we can do what we really, that really feels good for us. We no longer take everything for granted. We don't no longer accept everything as if there was no other way. Okay. And then one thing that Lauren has taught me, which is a wonderful way to prepare Christmas, and it's still time. I mean, we're the 19th of December as I record this episode. It's going to come out on the 22nd, I think. So you can make some adjustments and, of course, you know, save some of these ideas for next year as well. So ask all the members of your household a couple of questions. First, what do they love about Christmas? Uh, but also, what do they hate about Christmas? Ask them about their favorite food. Ask them about the people they love. Ask them about the places that they love, the activities that they love, but also ask them about their trigger. And this is something I never thought of asking my own children. When I did, I think it was three or four years ago, we started doing Christmas this way. I was surprised by their answers. I was making so many assumptions and there was things that I was doing that were stressing my own children. I feel so bad about it, but asking questions is so good. It's It also creates this you know, this ambiance in your home that you're actually listening to your own children. And you might not have children as you listen to this episode. So, but maybe it's your significant other, or maybe it's the people you spend Christmas with. Ask them. Asking questions is a wonderful way because it also makes people feel that they're heard. Okay. So just a small pause to mention something quite exciting that's happening right now. I have created a quiz and I was wondering if you'd like to take it. So in order to do that, um, I will be adding a link in the show notes to sign up for my newsletter, which means that you'll receive my using some others and um, then you'll make sure that you'll know what kind of content I put up because I'm also an author with um, the Taoist Online on Medium. 
So the quiz, um, I work with a framework with my one-to-one clients called the EPIC framework. And this framework enables you to um, establish the foundations of your success. Most people don't reach their full potential because these four um, pillars are not in place. And these pillars for me are energy, prosperity, intuition, and mindset. So if one of these pillars is not rock solid, uh, when you reach a certain level of success, you will be uh, probably sabotaging yourself. So this is what it can look like. Um, you know, you, you've just had a promotion or your business is doing really well. Your relationship is amazing. Um, you love your life, but then you get very sick. Perhaps because you don't have time to rest, you're constantly on the go, etc. So that's the energy pillar. The prosperity pillar surprises me often, but it can happen for people who are actually really um, successful. Um, their money is coming in beautifully, but then whenever they reach a level that goes above what they're comfortable with with money, and this can be an unconscious thing, a huge bill comes in, or something breaks down, or and it almost seems like whenever they have this big big pot of money coming in, it's immediately used for something else. That's when your prosperity pillar needs working on. Um, intuition is more likely to be about, um, a little bit about the law of attraction as well. It's it's around uh, being able to make decisions in an easy to get in the flow of life and also um, to start understanding that it's not all down to you, that the universe actually co-creates with you. And the last one, mindset, uh, I'm not going to go too much into it because I don't want this interruption to be too long, but um, you can see how these four pillars are absolutely vital if you want to reach your ne- next level of success without having to sacrifice your health, your relationships, or even your sanity. So um, make sure you sign up for my newsletter. You will receive um, the quiz as a PDF, and I'd love to know which of the four pillars needs more work for you. So feel free also to reach out. Uh, the best way to do that is on Facebook or LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Ange de Lumière on both, and I'd love to hear from you. I also want, if you have people in your environment, whether it's at work, because there's also a lot of Christmas parties, sometimes there's a bit of toxicity around uh, work culture, and I want you to to have some strategies in place um, to deal with what I call energy vampires. Quite. So I've touched upon energy vampires briefly on an episode that was released around Halloween. Uh, let me grab um, the list to find out exactly when it was released. But anyway, it's called Ghosts, Energy Vampires and Graveyards. If you want to go back a couple of episodes um i will find the exact date for you now um sorry to keep you uh, waiting i wanted to make sure i wasn't going to receive some messages whilst i'm recording so that's why i i sort of went um um i, I put my phone on silent so let's find that date for you here we go um to, 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 so it was the 3rd of november okay so if you go back scroll back a little bit if you want to find the exact link 
you can actually go on my website, uh, theintuitiverevolution.co.uk forward slash podcast, and you will have the show notes. So you can, and then there's a, a player as well on, on the actual show notes. So here's my top tips to deal with energy vampires like a pro. Okay. There are 66, six of them. You limit how long you're going to spend with that person. Now, this is something I used to never do. I would go and see my grandmother and it would take as long as it would take and I would be exhausted by the end of it. So perhaps organize a time to see these people where you know you have another appointment that you have to go to. So you limit it to half an hour, an hour. If you know you can do two hours, then do two hours and then you're done. You have that deadline, you have that timeline that you have to go so you don't get sucked into it. Um, I want you to, so tip number two, learn how to change subject, okay? This is something I used to never do because I felt it was disrespectful, but actually energy vampires are disrespectful of you. For example, if I go back to the Bridget Jones um, example, she goes to this party with this, this uncle who's always smacking her bum, so quite inappropriate, and he always talks about, you know, her boyfriends, and she needs to know how to change the subject so that this man doesn't continue to act the way he does when she thinks it's inappropriate and she's not happy with it. So you can change the subject. You're absolutely allowed to. Don't be afraid to be rude because these people are rude to you anyway. So why are you putting up with it? We said a bit earlier, learn to say no. So that's tip number three. Tip number four, don't engage in the negativity, okay? And um, you could even say it ahead of time to the person. You let them know that you will not tolerate ahead of time a certain number of maybe remarks or uh, things that they're going to tell you and that if they do, you actually leave the room or you stop talking to them and you or you say goodbye, whatever it is. So you set your boundaries. Now, some people are very afraid to do that because they're afraid to, to lose people. And I won't lie to you. It is disruptive. People are not going to like it. You might have some pushback. But if you never do it, you're the one who's been walked all over. So that's not a solution. Okay. Um. So actually, there's only going to be five tips. Uh, the last one is going to be to suggest ways that they can help themselves. So instead of you being the therapist or listening to all their problems and always trying to help them way beyond what your role is, because um, after all, you're a family member and you have your own problems and you deal with your problems. You don't expect people to solve all your problems. And energy vampires do, actually. They feel like they're victims. Um, they want you to feel sorry for them and they want you to take responsibility for whatever it is that they're doing so suggest to them ways that they can help themselves direct them to professionals um, suggest things that they can do differently so that they don't constantly lean towards um, uh, on other people to solve their own problems okay it might or it might not work but it will push the needle in the right direction for you not to be um, the one to have to deal with all of this and if they don't act on these suggestions, that means they don't want to help themselves. I'm hoping that this is going to help you feel less responsible for what's happening to them because they have a way to really hook you in and make you feel bad, especially if you feel better than them or if you're in a better position than them. Then they'll just milk it and they'll try to make you do things that you don't necessarily want to do. 
So now we're going to move on to things that um, can create a happier Christmas in a way. Uh, and I think this is particularly um, poignant for, for parents who um, over Christmas uh, are dealing with a lot of clutter, a lot of extra toys, a lot of, of, um, of demands. Um, so I want to give you a suggestion of free gifts, uh, of, of gifts ideas that are clutter free. And again, this is inspired from Lauren's work. Uh, as I said, I will add the link in the show notes. This is really wonderful. So gifts can be food and drink. If you ask the person what they love to eat or what they love to drink, then that, and you make it you know, into a little hamper, that could be a lovely way to give because once it's eaten or drunk, then that means there's nothing, no clutter um, afterwards. This actually reminds me that one of my children does not like presents. Uh, does not like to receive cards and it used to hurt me because I didn't find a way to give to them until I realized the only reason why I felt upset about it is because it clashed with my own way of looking at things and if they were happy that way why was I getting upset for them there was no reason to do that so clutter-free ideas tickets or activities classes I love a good class I used to ask for sewing classes for Christmas services vouchers subscriptions at a time we had uh, relatives give us subscriptions to things like the zoo for the children um donations to a specific charity that you particularly like and you can see that this is what people would normally do for their birthdays but why not do that for christmas as well and of course your time your time is just as precious. And it reminds me of a meme that I've seen floating around because it comes back every Christmas. And it's probably a parent, probably a mum, who says, I'm going to, this Christmas, I'm going to lie under the tree so that my family realize what a gift I am. And I think this is quite sweet. And it's a very sweet way to put it because your time is precious. So giving and dedicating time to your child or to your relative or to your loved one specifically or going beyond what you would normally do is a gift. I really believe that. Now, I suggested all through this episode that you could create your own tradition, and I'm going to show you one example that I've done. So I have always had mixed feelings about Christmas trees uh, from an environment point of view, but also from the mess, from the money that's spent on it, all that sort of thing. And so this year, um, as I know that my ex is doing the Christmas tree for the children, so they'll get their Christmas tree fix. Uh, he's also doing the advent calendar, so I don't have to do that because I feel it's over the top for me. And I might feel different next year, but I think you need to take each year as it comes. So this year, I didn't want to get a Christmas tree, but I also didn't want to deprive my children of the, some of the magic in the house. So first, I made a... Um, a, a, a reef uh, of fresh um i went to actually a workshop to make the reef so it's on the door it's outside uh it's it's actually inside our house but outside our living room whenever we walk past it smells lovely and it's something that i've made um there's a lot of detail that I've put in it. For example, just to show you, I put five stars on it and one for each of my children, one for me, so that I, I'm trying to create this symbolic um, feeling of homeness, I suppose. 
Um, and then the second thing I wanted to do was to create an environmentally friendly tree. And so I inspired myself from the internet and I made this tree out of string and driftwood. So it's almost, it looks like a pyramid with all these rungs of driftwood with the, the string. And then you put on it your Christmas lights and you put your decorations. And it looks absolutely gorgeous. Whenever I look at it, it makes me feel so happy inside. And this is my new tradition. It's mine, it's new, and it's beautiful. And it really satisfies me because there's not that whole waste thing that used to bother me every single year, year after year. So after all is said and done, I know the title of this episode is How to Have the Best Christmas Ever. And I want you to have realistic expectations. So over the summer, I started reading a book called The Happiness Trap. And I want you to have realistic expectations that just because it's Christmas doesn't mean that you're going to be happy all the time. You know, your emotions are like the weather. Expecting sunshine all the time is not only unrealistic, it's also setting you up for judging yourself when you don't and for resisting your negative feelings. So squashing them, uh, you know, there's that whole uh, toxic positivity. I, I don't want you to take part in that. And, and we will be talking about toxic positivity anyway on the podcast, but I'm kind of dropping here or planting a seed for future reference, right? To challenge the assumption that if you're not happy, you're not normal. It is absolutely normal to feel sadness, to feel anger, to feel um, resentment, to feel jealousy. And in fact, if you don't acknowledge these emotions, what you're going to likely to be doing is to project them onto other people and you're going to act out or snap at them or be nasty even uh, because you don't acknowledge them and you don't uh, allow yourself to feel them. Okay, it's called projection. Projection is very nasty and we've all done it but we can do better. So by owning our negative feelings, by realizing that it's all absolutely normal, that you're not a bad person for having negative feelings. And if someone's making you feel bad about them, you need to tell them, look, I'm having this moment. I'm having this feeling. I need you to honor it. And I need you to give me time to go past it. And I'm not going to squash it because when you squash your negative feelings, it's literally like putting everything in the bin, but never emptying your bin. So you've been still going to be there. The only thing is it's going to overflow. And if it overflows, that means you're going to be snappy. You're going to get angry very easily, irritable. That doesn't work. Okay. So be kind to yourself. Um, I just had a moment this morning before recording this episode that completely surprised me where I nearly burst out in tears over the phone talking to, you know, um, a provider. And I hadn't realized how much. Uh, how much anxiety and stress I was holding in myself because um, I can't, I do that all the time as well. You know, I, I, I underestimate how I feel and how things uh, affect me. And one of the reasons why I do that is because I've had to push through. I've had to soldier on as a single mom um, and, and going through all the challenges that I've been going through. I've been in survival mode. And in survival mode, you can't stop and acknowledge your feelings. So um, you might still be in, an, in survival mode. I'm still asking you to take a few moments. And it might not be when it happens, but I'm hoping that it's going to be a bit later on that day. Um, if you've decluttered your life, you'll have more time to do that. 
and to do some journaling. And of course, I haven't done an episode on journaling yet. It's coming up. It's very, a very important part of um, dealing with your emotions healthily. Okay. So be kind to yourself. And if you feel those strong emotions and you don't know how to manage them, take some time out. Give yourself permissions to leave the room. You don't have to explain anything to anyone. You're an adult now. At least I'm assuming that if you're listening to my podcast, you're an adult. But even if you were a child, you can still leave the room um, to get yourself some space to be able to express those emotions without feeling the pressure that you have to perform. I think around Christmas, there's far too much performance pressure so that everything is perfect okay now i also want you to treat everything as an experiment so that you take pressure off whether you're going to get a result uh, or success out of an experiment okay so when life hits you hard you can't expect to be happy all the time so do the best that you can this Christmas, especially if you've lost a loved one, if you're ill, if you're going through a divorce like I've just done, if you have lost a job, if you have to sell your house. Um, and so you do the best that you can. You honor your feelings. And I'm going to encourage you um, to keep a diary and to focus on the small joys that you can bring into your life. Okay. They can be very, very tiny and that's what will keep you going. So you can look at the flame of a candle. I find flames so beautiful. I can get lost in them. It could be a nice smell. Maybe it's the smell of cinnamon buns. Maybe it's aromatherapy. Uh, it could be a lovely meal. It could be some time out that you take at a local coffee shop where you treat yourself to a lovely drink, a hot drink. It could be spending the time to acknowledge your, your child smiling at you. Or oh, for me, it can be looking at Christmas lights. I love Christmas lights. I love people who decorate their house over the top. So I sometimes go around the neighborhood just looking at those Christmas lights and letting this feel my, you know, uh, feed my soul, actually. And I also notice when people are kind to you, this is something that can really make a difference when you're having a tough day. And if you keep a diary of all these things, if you collect them and if you if you make sure that you remember them, that can also help you go through through um, through this period a lot easier. If you need the extra support, I'm here as well. I have this offer, which I've mentioned uh, once or twice before, called a sage in your pocket. It's only £111 a month. Um, and if you want to find out more about it, you can go to my website, www.theintuitiverevolution.co.uk. It's on the homepage. If you scroll down, you'll have the three different offers that I have. And, and if you click on it, it'll take you to a sales page where I give, give you more details on how I can support you literally with this online mentoring. Uh, so it can sit in the background of Christmas. You never have to get on a call, especially if you're super busy. You know, you can just message me discreetly. Even when you're on the toilet, you can send me a message and say, look, I'm dealing with this. It's super stressful. What do you recommend? And I can get back to you as soon as I can. Okay. I'm not going to be online 24 seven, obviously, but I'll be uh, able to respond to you quick enough that I can help you through a crisis. So Thank you so much for listening to this episode. There will be one more episode before the end of the year. I'm really looking forward to releasing it because it's a guest episode and I love interviewing people. And then we'll be sailing into the new year. So thank you for listening and speak to you again next week. Bye for now.
thank you for listening to the the true spirituality with Ange podcast i want you before you go if i could ask you to be kind enough to rate the podcast and write a review so that more people get to know about the podcast please also if possible share the episodes with people you think might be interested in listening to them especially if you've liked them a lot and um, understand that I'm also available to come and do um, expert talks um, to your communities, your memberships on either intuition in business, spirituality in business, mindset, um, energy, prosperity, and intuition. Thank you so much for listening.